Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. I mean, I'm Alex. And this week, <laughs> we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. On a scale of terrible to slightly tolerable, yes. how is that Heath Ledger impression? Yes. So Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> directed by James Gunn from 2014. That's correct. It has a 91% critic mm-hmm. score on Rotten Tomatoes, which... Third highest mm-hmm. critic score, and a 92% audience score, which is tied for first with Winter Soldier. Alright. Pretty high. Yeah. Now that we've entered the cosmic realm of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Tyler, what's your best thing and your worst thing about Guardians of the Suicide Squad? Oh. <laughs> we, we had the epiphany while we were watching this one that instead of making fun of Snyder or Justice League or Batman vs. Superman while watching it... We could it, take a break from that. <laughs> and make fun of Suicide Squad. <laughs> That movie is trying so hard to be this, and it's it just really embarrassing. Well, it's fascinating to look at. I mentioned this while we were watching, kind of how Suicide Squad is very much Guardians of the Galaxy, and how Batman vs Superman is very much Civil War. Although that was not a response. I mean, that was just they came out around the same time. Yeah, kind of a weird happenstance, I guess. Um, but this one is very much we're trying to make Guardians of the Galaxy and sort of pivot off that success. Um. Anyway. My, I, I'll, I'll, I'll never get over the fact that okay, I know Spirit in the Sky is not played in the movie <laughs> but it's played in the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy and it is on the Awesome Mix Volume 1 soundtrack Right. then they just wholesale just put it in a scene in Suicide Squad they put a lot of songs in Suicide Squad though but, I, I, but it's like oh, we're not gonna even pretend like we're, we're not a ripoff we're just a ripoff yeah. you're not wrong um <clears throat> that being said, Tyler, what is your best thing and your worst thing about Guardians of the Galaxy? My, my best thing is probably Groot in general. I think overall his performance and like his there's a lot more subtlety to I guess Vin Diesel's is he motion capturing a lot of that? Is that what's happening there? Um I don't think so. Is that just animation? Either way, his expressions and like everything he does, he is the most subdued and just I I think also the funniest character in the movie. He is both not nearly as in your face about you know what he's doing, but like every time you see him do something, it's hilarious, um, and it still holds up to this day. And I've seen this movie probably more than any other MCU movie, really, outside of maybe Iron Man, really, yeah. I mean, I had the other ones we've I, seen. I don't watch this one very often. See, when this first came out, I, although, I saw it a lot. Although it does pop up on TV a lot, so a lot of times, like I'll just be mm-hmm. flipping through channels and it'll be. Well, on a lot of the MCU movies pop up on TV a lot. Now, I feel, I feel pieces. especially this one. But yeah, this one. No, no. Yeah, maybe this one. Um, I I definitely when it first came out, I watched it probably four or five times in the first like year that it was out, maybe. It just it was always on somewhere, and I was like, okay, I'll watch this. Um, so as far as the humor goes, a lot of that has kind of lost its luster there, uh, because originally when it came out, I remember thinking this was extremely funny, and it's pretty funny. It still holds up all right. Um, but I think Groot continues to be like 
just you can you can watch his reactions to things and the way he moves and acts over and over and like his kind of what he says because he has a ton of little great moments that maybe the rest of the movie could have used a little more of as far as like just a nice background jokes that don't have to necessarily be in your face yeah I agree I mean I'm kind of thinking I love the scene where he is uh, pulling the battery out of the like kiln center or whatever the, the deal he's doing there and that's all happening in the background like they don't focus on it at all they're just like he's they're talking yeah and having conversation in the foreground and then you see him doing it in the background and Drax just just kind of like has his arms crossed and just like hmm this is happening yeah yeah, looking up. Drax, Drax has a few of those kind of moments too, but Groot, that's pretty much all of his moments, and they're all great. Um, and I think that kind of embodies this this movie and the 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 best parts of this movie. Um, my worst thing is probably that this movie for for a movie that has just such a, a zany cast of characters and like has a fairly not indie um what's the word i'm looking for not art house but like what how would you describe james gunn as far as like he doesn't do mainstream movies typically right like he's a little more off the beaten path he, he t- tends to do more more cult following yeah. type things yeah like super exactly weird uh, weird things <laughs> like that slither uh-huh. and so uh, i feel like for and, and this is i think personally By i the do way, like if you're looking for superhero movies that go on the beaten path or off the beaten path watch super super is i actually really enjoy that movie um it's it's super messed up i can't make heads or tails of it if i like that movie it is so i haven't i've only watched it once to be fair so i i mean i could watch it and be like wow this is this is crap but like watching it the first time i was like this is kind of amazing you know terrible i don't even know ellen page is terrifying yeah uh, somehow it's it's ellen page she plays the sidekick and she's terrifying it's uh rain wilson yes uh as so dwight from the office and it's it's fascinating and i think last time i checked it was on netflix definitely worth a watch if you are interested in that a little overly violent definitely very r-rated a little overly violent just a tad um but uh that and, and i think that's kind of my thing here is that I almost want this to be more of a James Gunn movie, and I kind of feel like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is more of that, and we'll talk about that when we get there. I think I actually like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 more than I do this movie. We'll no, see. I, I agree. I, yeah, I, I, I think overall it is actually technically a better movie. Maybe, I mean, there's there's a lot to be talked about there as far as the comedy and the pacing and everything like that, and we'll talk about that when we actually talk about that movie. But I know the general consensus is that that was a step down. I I really, really enjoy that one. And I think while I was watching this, I found myself kind of wishing we had more of that sensibility. Yeah. Um, That's kind of present in that one and present in Super. And I just, I, and that's, again. Well, I think a huge thing that that goes into that is just the the story itself is is super bare bones and generic. Yes. Yes. If if they had allowed the story itself to be super weird and zany, because like super for example that story is just very weird yeah. and it goes in just weird places yes. guardians of the galaxy never really does and the, the characters they have decent arcs they have arcs that get them to where they need to be but they're not really like somebody strong. says we're a family at the end of the movie and i actually buy it yeah which is something that a lot of movies try to do and not successful <laughs> <laughs> but 
a lot of other movies too. You see that all the time where it's like, oh, we, family, stand together, we're all friends now. And like this movie, it actually kind of works and they've been through a bunch of random crap and they're all kind of terrible people who have finally found someone to believe in after all this time. And like, it works. It does work. It does completely work. It's just, I think it could have tried harder, uh, which I feel bad saying, but. That's your quote on the poster. <laughs> Try harder. C plus. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I. It's it's good, and I do I did enjoy it this time. It's just I. That's, a, that's what we should try. We should make that a regular thing. We've pretty much made it a regular thing. Of, what's our quote on the poster? <laughs> I'm okay with this. We should have that. Um, the, but yeah, the, see, that's something we're have, gonna have to come up with just like while we're talking. That's the, we can't have that prepared beforehand, right? Because it'll yes. never be as funny. Well, that's what I'm saying. That should be the ending thing that we do there. It's not funny we, regardless because we're not funny people. Sure, sure. <laughs> we're not TDS. Um. <laughs> Very cancerous. <laughs> you should, or we. Should, I'm kidding. We should definitely have that at the end of the. We should we should add that in a, to our uh, grade when we're at it, try and think of that and be like, we say that and then our grade. Tyler, what's your best thing and your worst thing and your quote on the poster for Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, but no, it is. Can we just like not slowly? Can we rapidly add additional attributes to that? So I'm just. <laughs> Tell me your best thing and your worst thing and your favorite part of the score and your favorite scene and your worst scene. I just keep going on and on. And your favorite actor's face. And, um, yeah, no, and, but... And your favorite jacket worn. <laughs> I just get, like, really weird. Uh, no, I do... What's your favorite shape in Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> Circles are nice. Uh, what is your favorite 10 second span in Garden <laughs> no actual discussion um I think as a retrospective obviously this movie was very kind of seemed like a bold move at the time a little bit off the the, the, the track and kind of crazy and you know it's got these weird characters well given the the slate of Marvel movies that we had before yeah it is off the beaten it path is. no and I'm not really putting that down at all I mean for the time it was kind of a, a crazy bold move where yeah. it's like wait where are you how is this gonna work um, but in a retrospective kind of looking back on it it's eh like as far as how bold and how <laughs> surprising it is it really is pretty I mean it's they, they, there's a MacGuffin that they're trying to keep away from the bad guy. The bad guy gets it, but then it get, turn they turn it against him, and like it's just really funny. And like there's a cast of of zany characters who kind of disagree with each other at first, but they come to like each other after going through these circumstances. I don't know. I mean, I put I'm saying that in very generic terms, but overall, like it's pretty. You know, we're just going through the motions to try and get these characters in place we're focusing a lot on getting you to like these characters and we're hoping that you're going to like them enough to continue to follow them is the story with the with the infinity stone in this one and the ether and thor the dark world pretty much the same yes yes it is just in terms of the bad guy steals it like at the midpoint of the movie uh-huh takes it and then the third act revolves around oh we got to get the stone from yeah. from the bad guy yeah and then, oh, it turned on them. Which is kind of funny because it's all that almost makes this like a parody of that, where it's it's like the ending instead of being the big climactic battle. And and uh, I would say Ronan is very similar to Malachi in that regard. Although he is he for, for one he has the uh, the fortune of speaking in English, um, and two uh, he has 
more presence, I would argue. I, th- I think Lee Pace, I, I overall like him more. Right. I'm a huge all fan right. of Lee Pace. All right, we're, we're, we'll get into Malekith later, but sure. we, we have... I think we have we have to admit a huge bias we have towards Lee Pace as True. an actor. True. We we really admire him yeah. as a performer. Yeah. Uh, everybody go watch Halt and Catch Fire. <laughs> that show is amazing. And there's something else he's in too, right? I feel like I'm missing something. Aside from the Hobbit movies, that might be what I'm thinking of. Yeah, don't, don't worry about the Hobbit. Don't movies. watch those. <laughs> watch Halt and Catch Fire. Though. That is that is very good. Um, yeah, it, it's I, I just I really enjoy him. I think. He's, I think he's really enjoying himself in this movie as far as being this kind of big, you know, bombastic he villain. Gives, he gives this overdramatic Shakespeare-esque yeah. dialogue. Yeah, and so I think it is kind of funny that they're very probably similar villains, but I think people probably remember Ronan a lot more. For one, because he does get a lot more to do, but two, because obviously the, the fight scene, final fight scene is like a dance-off, and, and that's how they play that, um, and it kind of turns into a thing. It's, it's just a nice sort of inversion on that where it's like we could have gotten another tired um he's swinging the hammer and they're shooting him or something and like they're kind of like i get i definitely get why from a narrative perspective and i, I you're making a face as I, as we talk, I talk about this i don't know about that dance off yeah i mean i get why that on a story level has some problems but at the same time there's a part of me that really loves I, that I, just I, because it's say just because it's such a fun little twist on like the oh we're not just going to get another big boring double third act yeah I, I don't i don't like the fanboys that are just like oh this movie's terrible marvel jokes are terrible yeah because dance off yeah like they just use that as kind of like the centerpiece for their argument uh-huh. but watching it I, I i don't know if it completely worked for yeah. me i don't know i mean at least... overall i agree it's just i mean it would be different if it was like Ronan actually participates in the dance off, and then that that like it, it goes completely <laughs> off the rails, and then that's the third act, which it, is again kind of what I'm talking about. It's, where it's like, I believe there's a blooper where he actually starts dancing. That's pretty great, and that's but, what I'm but, saying is I want this movie to try but, harder. But it's supposed to be a distraction. Yeah, like yeah, it's not supposed to be a super dramatic confrontation. Yeah. I don't know. Which I say that, and I'm not trying to be like, oh, these pe- the people who made this massive movie with you know all these moving parts and like made a ton of money off of it and clearly put in a lot of of heart and effort into it they need to try hard i'm just saying in general i think this movie could have been more of a like there have been very many cases where we've criticized movies heavily where people have put in their heart and souls and they could have tried harder this is this is an instance where it really is me asking them to go the extra mile when they've already gone pretty far um so I'm not trying to, to put down anything here. I'm just saying I think this movie could have been more of a James Gunn movie. And I think that's something that we'll see as we kind of dive into this area of the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe here. With like we talked about Winter Soldier and how Winter Soldier, we appreciated that a lot. We think it's a really good movie. But it does kind of feel like the Russo brothers had their hands tied in about five different ways because they had to stick to like all this different continuity. And they were sort of caught in the middle and being pulled in different directions kind of left them being stranded in the middle of the franchise as this sort of stepping stone story without necessarily being able to tell their own complete story but then if we look down the line they get civil war and that is its own that is a full independent complete story with like a you know complete resolution like all the characters are actually getting like arcs and everything and uh Obviously, James Gunn gets Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which, however you feel about it, that is definitely a more James Gunn movie than this movie is. I think by any any stretch of the imagination, that's that's definitely the case. 
And so I feel like we're starting to enter the phase where Marvel's trying to get a little more interesting uh, with their movies and trying to kind of break out a little more and get some more unique directors going on here. Uh, but they're still kind of in those growing pains. So we're entering the area where these movies are getting a lot better than maybe what we had before, but they're not necessarily there yet. I agree. All right. Yeah. <laughs> What's your best and worst thing about Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> um, I'm having a hard time deciding on my best thing. I kind of want to just go the interactions between all the Guardians. Mm-hmm. It is one of those situations where I could just... Like, if they just sat around talking to each other for an hour and a half, I'd, I'd enjoy that probably just as much, if not more so, than yeah. what we got. Yeah. Um, pretty much any time they're all interacting, it's 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 a joy to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do have some problems with uh, Gamora as a character and uh, Zoe Saldana's portrayal of her. Which we should mention is because you're a raging misogynist. And a racist. Yes. That's, that's actually probably more important. Even though she's covered in green paint, so it doesn't matter. You're actually racist towards people who are covered in green paint. Naturally. I can't watch Star Trek. Yeah. And it's it's just a coincidence that Zoe Saldana is also in some of those movies. Yes. Yes. Terrible. They're all terrible. Well, that comes back to you being a raging misogynist as well. So We're going full circle here. <laughs> you see the setup and the payoff. It's beautiful. Which is interesting. And Well, go ahead and finish your point on that. We we'll have go. more dramatic cohesion than a Zack Snyder movie. That's correct. <laughs> We bring out the big guns here on Here Come the Sequels. <laughs> <laughs> but just just any time that they're all interacting with each other, it's it's a joy. Yeah. Because uh, e- even when they get super dramatic, I feel like it works for the most part. Um, but then you have like Rocket or somebody throwing a really funny line of dialogue. Yeah. Um, my worst thing is going to be... Uh, The way they treat Ronan and Thanos. Okay. That's a, I didn't realize you hated it that much. Just because everything else is either just kind of a flat line for okay. me or it's good. Fair, fair. Uh, I don't like how Thanos is treated in this movie yep. at all. And by extension, I don't like how Ronan is treated in this movie. Sure. Because we, we get this really awesome opening with Ronan where he gives this really dramatic speech about how he's this like really weird, like almost a cult. Yeah, figure or yeah. something like that, which I wish the movie played more into. Um, then he brutally murders this guy, and it's terrifying. And if you're a little kid, I'm sure you're just completely horrified. Yeah, mommy, did did he just kill that guy? <laughs> Is that the black goo from Prometheus? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I thought that was the ether from Thor: The Dark World. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, just out of nowhere, they just mention Thanos. And it's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, Thanos is a thing now. Yeah. Which, can, consider the context of, of when when this movie yes. came out. All we know of Thanos is what we saw at the end of Avengers. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even get his name. Right. And then they just start throwing his name around. I, I'm just I'm just thinking about the, the layman watching yeah. this movie and being like, who's Thanos? Yeah. Which... And, and that's sort of the problem is that it makes sense in universe that the characters are not going to be like who's Thanos like the everyone it, yeah. it makes sense that everyone knows who Thanos is um we need someone who doesn't know who Thanos well, the, the is the problem is they almost get there because when they go to the kiln when they go go to the prison um Peter starts asking questions and Rocket starts explaining who Gamora is yeah 
But then they don't explain who Thanos is. Yeah. Feels like that should be a moment. That should be a moment. Because and and then we get Ronan being called to to talk to Thanos because he screwed up and Gamora failed to get the stone. Mm. And then Thanos is just there. Like there's no dramatic build up, there's no whatever. Exactly. And then and then he just berates Ronan and and makes him out to be like a little child, which completely takes away any sense of threat I had from Ronan. Like f- for me, I, I I don't know if I think that's more subjective than anything yeah, else. I think is. I think the rest of your points are pretty valid. But continue. G- good to know the rest of my argument was was valid. Twelve percent. Twelve percent is valid. I have part of <laughs> I have part of an argument. That's barely a concept. <laughs> I don't I, see how that's a plan. I I just I I wish they had kind of done it the way they did Avengers, where you build it up as like who is this threat and then at the end of the movie we get him except at the end of this movie we actually know it's thanos and yeah. maybe he captures ronan and brutally kills him yeah this is this is what i said while we were watching it is that i think that scene would be a lot more effective if at the end of the movie uh the like we don't actually see thanos during the movie or like in the middle of the movie and they just because i think if you do it that way then you don't necessarily have to say well who's thanos yeah. you could just be like all right there's these characters they're all affected by him they all know him He's clear. He's getting mentioned a bunch by all our villains. Uh, Gamora mentions him. You know, we know she's his daughter somehow. Somehow that works. And then we go through the plot. It should be something where where Peter keeps going. What is the big deal with this guy? We haven't seen him. I don't know who this person is. And they keep going. No, he's a big deal. He's a big deal. And like make that like a running gag. Yeah. And then have at the end of the movie instead of him getting Ronan getting killed or sucked into the power stone or whatever happens there, um, he just gets arrested or something like that and then we have either the end of the movie or probably an after credit scene again i think that would also work just as well um where ronan gets like captured like like they he gets stolen out of containment or whatever and they take it to thanos and thanos just horribly murders him and then like it's like oh that's thanos because i think he's pretty intimidating in the scene that he gets like it's a good performance but is that jo- still that's josh Brolin at this yes. point, right yeah I think that's a good performance by him. I think it, he looks good. I really like the general scene. It's just, it's, it feels very out of place. It kind of starts really early in the movie when it probably shouldn't. I think it would be way more effective if we just got it right at the end and you were like, oh, so this is Thanos. Well, also the problem is I, I feel like the way they just handled Thanos leading up to Infinity War is kind of lame. Because yeah. especially when we get to Age of Ultron and the after credit scene of, fine, I'll do it myself. I'm like, you've been sitting on well, your chair for like five years. Come on. Age of Ultron is next our next episode, right? Yes. We don't, do we see Thanos again after that? Is he in Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Does he, nope. He's not referenced at all after that at that point, right? Nope. He just kind of takes a back step. So, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's just kind of lame to actually see the villain and he's just sitting there waiting for an underling bad guy to kind of do all the work for yeah. him. I'd rather we not see Thanos and everybody just keeps talking up a big deal about yeah. him. Yeah. Kind of like in, in, in compared to Star Wars. In, in the first two movies, you know, you hear a couple of mentions about the Emperor. And it kind of allows you to build up in your mind, oh, the Emperor. Oh, he's in charge of Darth Vader. He's in charge of all of this. He's got to be a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And then we get to Return of the Jedi and then that's paid off because the Emperor in that movie is awesome. Yeah. I agree. Do it like that. Yeah. And it's got that is weird pacing that the first Avengers, think Guardians Galaxy, and then the second Avengers, and that's all we get of Thanos, well, and that's all. Well, it's, it's very, we we have what how eight movies since that point, something like that. Something like probably that. not quite that many, but somewhere in that range. So what we got Ant Man. Um, yeah, it might be that many. Ant Man Civil War. 
Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Thor Ragnarok. I kind of just listed them off at random. Um, that might be it. No, there's there's more. Spider-Man Homecoming. I don't remember the rest that you said. Moving on. I think that's it. So it's it's but, there's but well, it's weird that we just go well, through it's, that it's, it's bizarre because they actually give us some time to f- to get some exposition out about what the Infinity Stones are. Uh huh. They give the collector that that scene where he explains what they are, and it's like, oh, there's the cube. Oh, there's the ether. Oh, that's what all of these things are. It's explaining to the layperson what what yep. what these MacGuffins are. Yeah. Why why can't we get the same for Thanos <laughs> instead yep. of just saying, oh Thanos. Maybe a bad dude. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> I can think of is the scene from Ferris Bueller where the secretary's listing off the different groups that love Ferris Bueller. <laughs> like the tweakers, the buzzheads, the like saying all these weird like terms. <laughs> but yeah, I think he's a cool guy. But yeah, I feel I feel like Thanos is is not introduced very well, and I don't know if that was James Gunn's idea for how to introduce him, or if that was just a studio mandate, yeah. and he wasn't which, interested in it, which would explain why it feels so mishandled. Yeah, which again, I think goes back to they're starting to try and experiment with getting these interesting directors and kind of getting people who are more alters, if you want to put it that way, um, and they're still not really sure how to handle that kind of director within this framework of we need to make sure everything works together uh which as we see you know we as we go along here we get scott derrickson and we get um half edgar wright half other guy that kind of was just pulled in to pinch hit and ended up doing a decent job um i was gonna say you guys uh, gotta remember when i saw ant-man it was right after living through Terminator Genesis. <laughs> all in all, I loved Ant-Man. <laughs> Is that your quote on the poster for That's, Ant-Man, that entire sentence? After Terminator Genesis, dot, 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 I loved Ant-Man. That's the quote. Um, print that. <laughs> but, but thinking about it, though, because we do end up getting Scott Derrickson, we end up getting... Ryan Coogler. Um, there's like other directors that I'm just immediately forgetting. <laughs> obviously, obviously the Russo brothers and James Gunn. I feel like I'm missing somebody else. Oh, uh, Taika Waititi. Um, I probably pronounced his name wrong, but no, I think that's right. Okay, they're starting to get more people into this, and I I don't know if that's a an aspect of Ike Perlmutter leaving after Age of Ultron. So maybe we'll talk about that more. We'll see if we see a major difference as that goes along. But in general, it, it really does feel like right now they still don't really know how to handle directors that want to do their own thing. They're kind of just like, uh, just stay down and, and you know, reference Thanos and, and Infinity yeah. Stone. Yeah. Like, it, feel, it feels like they don't really know exactly how to handle that. Yeah. Um, especially now that we're getting into the more world building as opposed to we just have to introduce the characters. Yeah. Um, I, phase two is really a mixed bag. It's really fascinating. Phase one's a mixed bag. Well, phase one is a mixed bag of, eh? Phase two is like, you get the movie that some people think is the best MCU movie so far, and then you get you also get Guardians of the Galaxy, which is another movie that some people think is one of the best so far, and then Age of Ultron, which like, again very mixed as, inside it as a movie, people think it's very mixed bag, and then like Iron Man three and Thor the Dark World. It's just fascinating to see what happened there. Yeah, like with Thor the Dark World getting Alan Taylor on board. That's that's a really interesting idea for a Thor movie, and it's it's interesting that that's 
kind of how that turned out. It really does feel like they just don't quite. Well, and Shane Black even is kind of an, an off the outside the box thinking. I feel like. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's weird. It's real weird. They really don't know quite what they're doing at this point, do they? Well, well, they keep going for these. these... They have twelve percent of a plan. Uh-huh. Barely a concept. We have to reference that at least twelve times in this podcast. No. That's that's where that's where we're no. going for here. No. They keep going for the smaller directors, but the smaller directors don't necessarily know how to handle the scope and the action scenes. Yep. So, like, individual dialogue might be fun and quippy and stuff, but overall action scenes... I... Yeah. Like, do you remember any set pieces from this movie? Other than all the, the Nova Corps ships going, wrapping around the... the, the whatever Lee Pace's ship is called Ronan, I would say the Ronan's ki- a name I would say the kill the fight is fun question mark what the, the prison the prison fight oh yeah yeah because uh, they put that in the trailer with, with Rocket getting the machine gun and then him yeah. and group go crazy they, we kind of see the different fighting si- styles of everyone a little bit and that's kind of neat although it's not shot amazingly it's, it's fine um, we get the fun joke about the leg yeah, it's good. It's good. It's true. But yeah, it's not. There's nothing about that that like set piece that's particularly but, but iconic. Like, when they go to nowhere and then there's the little chase with Nebula yeah. and all that, like that's yeah, it's it's like, fill, it's complete it's, flatline, right? It is uh, filling the quota for spaceship chase scenes in a, uh, in a sci-fi, a big sci-fi movie like yeah. this. Yeah, I agree. Which is interesting because I can immediately again think of several scenes in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two that are comparable but are much more interesting. Yeah. Um, Do you want to just break down all the characters? Yeah, probably be a good start. Peter, Chris Pratt. He's good. I mean, he's best character in the movie. As as far as like, I thought Groot was your, your com- favorite. Character. As far as complexity goes and everything. Come on. All right, I'm changing my best thing. To, is that fun? Can I change the? No, I'm not. <laughs> um, but but as far as the corner on the post, can I change my best thing? <laughs> no, but it's it's all the little ums in it. Can I change? I'm not going to change. Can, with the group, the Chris Pratt. Aha! Um, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, uh, there it is. Uh, yeah, no. He, I think from complexity and emotionally and everything, I think you know he's clearly the most developed character. Clearly the protagonist overall, even though this is an ensemble movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have a whole lot more to say. He's played by a kid who's in it. Oh yeah, the young is, version of yeah. him is is one of the it's one of the kids. In yeah, him, which is it neat. Yeah, it is neat. Oh God, <laughs> why have you forsaken us? Well, let, let me just say, I I automatically um became emotionally invested with with uh Peter's arc and, and uh-huh. his whole thing with his mother that, that that's very uh, very personal to me uh-huh. I, don't, I don't really want to get that far into it but i automatically related to that sure um so just even even if like we had problems with at the end with him opening up mixtape volume two yeah for seemingly no reason because it's the end of the movie yeah um if they'd had like a lead-up scene with him and Gamora talking about it, maybe that would yeah. have worked. But because it feels like the idea is that she gives it to him, and it's supposed to be like, "When I'm gone, you know, open yeah. this up." And it feels like there should be something there where it's like, well, "Oh, he's let go." 
And I guess the idea is that like when he's he's he grabs the stone and Gamora reaches out, he sees his mother. And yeah. then and then he actually reaches yeah. out and grabs her. I yeah. guess that's what sure. they're going sure. for. And it's not played up enough. Anyways, that that moment hit me very hard. Sure. Especially in the theater seeing it for the first time. Yeah. Uh that being said, I feel like Chris Pratt should have been the one Marvel leading man that didn't have to bulk up. Because uh-huh. I feel like it would have been great if he was just like sort of a, not a fat guy, but but yeah. just kind of a schlub. A little more Parks and Rec Chris Pratt. Yeah. Like, because the whole thing is like they're a bunch of losers. Yeah. So, like, and his fighting style is not like he's very kind of sloppy and like yeah. kind of flies around and, and but no, slams need, into things. But no, we need the scene where he's shirtless and he's got a six pack so yeah. the, the ladies in the audience will go wild. Yeah. I don't know. That that felt... It very... almost feels though like it might be future-proofing him just because it's like, oh, he's going to become a big action star and now we need to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that at the time they probably didn't know that, but uh, now he's going to need to be ripped I, and everything. So. I personally just feel like that would have been a more interesting choice if yeah. he... Especially because Gamora, like, if they, if they're playing her as like this this space warrior type thing, yeah, and she falls in <laughs> love with just this complete schlub who doesn't work out at all. Right. right. I don't know. I, I feel like uh, that would have been a bit more you know, a bit more niche. I don't know. Yeah. Off the beaten track. Yeah. Which is probably a little more James Gunn, if you will. Sure. Sure. Uh, which is probably a good transition because uh, well, I mean, in Super, uh, Rain Wilson is not particularly ripped. No, he's got an eight pack. Sure. Sure. Working on that 16th pack. <laughs> oh. Anyway, a <laughs> uh, good transition into Gamora, because I feel like we should jump right in there. I um, think she's the weakest of the Guardians, and... She's supposed to be the straight man, but they don't do a lot with that. They don't... Most of my problems... She has a couple of comments where she's like, I'm surrounded by idiots. And it's yeah. like, okay, sure. But, like, there's... She doesn't play up, like, the Han Solo-esque thing, where it's like, you guys are all crazy. Yeah. I'm just here to get the job done, or whatever. Like, she... They, yeah, they, she's very confused motivationally. Well, okay, the, the biggest problem I have with it, and this extends to the second movie with uh-huh. her and Nebula, I need to see, I need some flashbacks. I need yeah. something other than they're just telling me what their backstory is. Because yeah. the way she's playing it, because she's like, oh, Thanos, Thanos tortured me as a child and turned me into this fierce warrior. I, I don't see... Her, Zoe Saldana's performance as tortured, and I don't see it as fierce. Mm-hmm. She's just kind of like I can get fierce. Eh. My thing, my thing. I with don't her find too, her. I don't find her very threatening. I and my thing with her too, and I hate to bring this up because and this is because I, I am both a misogynist and well, a racist. That's that's where I'm about to go. Is how I am also a misogynist and a racist, and uh, <laughs> but, but the, I hate to bring this up because I also kind of heavily disagreed with this kind of argument when we were or when the uh, Wonder Woman casting was going on and Gal Gadot you know Gal Gadot Gadot waiting for Gadot Gal Gadot it's not that difficult yes it is when only our Gal Gal was cast as Wonder Woman oh dear lord that's your quote on the Wonder Woman poster America has a new Gal and her name is Gal when she was cast I don't think I've ever hated you so much in a single moment that's probably not true I think it, it might is be <laughs> uh, when she was cast as Wonder Woman you've never said that before <laughs> um, and uh, you know people are kind of like oh she's not bulky enough she's not beefing up enough more you know all that good stuff um, I 
was was pretty much like eh, this is more or less fine because like they're, she's trying to portray someone whose their muscles are not proportional with their their well, strength. Well, also if you look at the comics and like the animated series, Wonder Woman's like not a super muscular character. Yeah, not necessarily. It depends on who draws her, but for the yeah. most part, I mean, it can really be not that she she doesn't have to be that huge. And the other thing is who's that the, who's the guy that uh made Deadpool or whatever the guy who draws terribly Rob Liefeld yeah it, it's it's not like <laughs> I, I feel like everybody pictures like the Rob Liefeld version yeah. of Wonder Woman and their yeah. heads were just that doesn't look right <laughs> uh, but yeah like her bicep weighs 150 pounds <laughs> she only has one bicep too <laughs> That's the, that's no, knowing Rob part. Liefeld, that makes sense. <laughs> um, I think it's Liefeld. I might be like Liefeld, uh, but something like that. Does it matter? Uh, not really. Um, the but the overall idea, like the Gal Gadot is also taller. I think I could be wrong about this, but I believe she's fairly tall, relatively. Do you know off the top of your head? Nope. Okay. Uh, I will just be like. A- I will be of no help to you here, sir. Just thinking of Wonder Woman, like I feel like overall she she has more presence because of I that. will not participate in this depravity. Uh, Zoe Saldana <laughs> is kind of smaller, and I'm she's not she doesn't really she's not super muscular, and I'm not like I don't think this has to sell the like this is what you have to have to sell the performance. But I'm just thinking of we, we talked about this during the movie uh, from uh, the hit movie Black Panther still in theaters as of this podcast. <laughs> Uh, several of the characters in that one are are very powerful seeming very threatening not threat intimidating uh, female characters who are you know um, I, I cannot remember the name of the woman from Walking Dead the actress from Walking Dead who is also in that movie she's the main bodyguard right yes who's the main bodyguard um, who I also should remember yeah. I can't remember any of these names uh, she's very she has a great presence she's she's very fierce kind of like I mean I feel like she matches the no, qualities no, you're like, talking like about like when she's walking around I'm like you could like oh, when she's just interacting with characters, I'm like, yeah, you could beat up everyone in this room right now. Yeah. Like, when um, I when I look at Zoe Saldana in this, I'm like, no. Yeah, it, it's no. and I don't know. I think there's a combination of things there where she just doesn't quite have the presence to match that role. Yeah. Um, I think overall her performance is pretty good. I don't I don't really have much of a problem with that. It's just, yeah, I th- I think you need to have a spectacular performance to make up if you're not you know quite maybe suited for the role physically and because of that it's just weird compared like you look at nebula okay and obviously we don't have the backstory of like they would fight each other and then nebula would always lose so thanos would replace some part of her body with a robot Uh part or whatever but if you look you look at nebula without that context and it's like oh she looks intimidating she looks like oh she's she's like a terminator-esque type thing and then you look at gamora and she's just like got a couple of of lines on her face that maybe are things like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Gal Gadot has three inches on Zoe Saldana, which is something. Uh, she's also in heels, I think, or, or some sort of taller shoe. Most of the time, I'm wondering. Anyway, point is that I don't think, especially like looking at Zoe Saldana and like the the prison suit outfit. And I really don't mean to like harp on this. I really don't want to sound like this is what kills the performance for me, but. When you're comparing her her look and her the way she's gonna come across to the audience with you know Drax who's huge and he's got all these crazy tattoo looking things and, and he's just this massive he is literally a bodybuilder and Groot is 
you know, ten feet tall and he's massive and huge and like he's got this really cool design. He, I think he, he I think he looks better than he does in the comics uh, of this time. Like overall, his design is awesome. Um, Chris Pratt is, I mean, he's not tiny by any means, at least. I mean, obviously, Rocket is tiny, but then again, the fact that there is a tiny character and you don't completely like, I guess, out height. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. You're going to a po- weird place. Po- point is, your point is, she's in a movie with Groot and Drax, and that's kind of, I guess, what I'm getting at more. And there's other kind of zany characters who are big and huge, and Ronan, for instance. I feel like you've got to have some more going on there, and especially when she's wearing like the prison suit thing. I feel like she just looks fairly small. She doesn't exude physicality. I guess I don't know. Um, it's really hard to put into words, and I don't want to like harp on that too much, but. I think that there's an aspect of that where it's just the overall performance and everything just does not quite work to sell the character as that goes. I like Zoe Saldana. Yeah. I like her in the Star Trek movies, even though she doesn't get much to do other than (laughs) being Spock's love interest, which is kind of lame. Yeah. I wish she, they gave her stuff to do in those movies other than make out with Spock so we can put you on the poster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just I, I don't buy her as, as the tortured warrior who's who's leaving Thanos and Ronan and all that right, right and and then she's got sympathy for like the people of Xandar and she's like pleading with Yondu to help them and uh-huh. none of that really worked for me and like that I the the scene where she and Rocket and um I said Chris Pratt uh I mean I guess Star Lord she goes back and forth between being like trying to be stoic and strong mm-hmm. to just like yes over dramatic yes um and i don't know again if that's maybe confused direction from james gunn never having a, a movie quite this huge and having so many plates to spin uh i don't i don't really know what all is going on there uh i think i don't know i think she's probably more consistent in the second movie we'll kind of look into that yeah I, minus the, the problems i have with her and nebula's relationship mm-hmm. i think i'm more comfortable with zoe saldana in the role in right. the second movie right and to be clear this is not how we feel the same way we feel about like Halle Berry in uh, the X-Men movies where particularly how you feel yes where I I was not a fan of just the way she was selling this character who was supposed to be a very similar character very powerful kind of has some dark moments in her past and like this very strong woman you know great great character and very complex character Mary Sue sure uh and Storm's a Mary Sue (laughs) Gamora's a Mary they're all Mary's Ronan's a Mary Sue (laughs) But yeah, I I don't know. It's interesting. I I feel uncomfortable talking about this because I don't want to be like, yeah, weak link because we're racist and sexist, and that's not at all what it is. It, it's just in this particular instance, you know, that's how we happen to feel about it. Shrugs. Moving on. Yes. That being said. Dave Bautista's pretty great in this. Yes, yes he is. I, he's just on a winning streak. Between this, he's one of the best parts of Spectre, yep. which every time I watch that movie, it gets worse. One of the few people to come out of that movie, you know, perfectly just shining, he might ready be, for his he next He might role. be the best part of that movie, if I'm being perfectly I, yeah, honest. Yeah. I don't remember what you said for your best part when you actually read it. It wasn't that. It yeah, should have been. Yeah. Um, and then Blade Runner, he's in that for like five minutes, yep. and he's great. And it's a great performance. Yeah. It's very subdued. He's not... Very different from either of those yeah. two. Yeah. 
Like, he's a wrestler or an ex-wrestler. <laughs> and he's doing better than, than a lot of the actors that he's playing against. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, he's great. His lines, I think, once you kind of get used to them, it's just... Like, I know The Rock, like, just oozes charisma. No. I think Dave Bautista's a better actor. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I was just thinking that, actually, that it'd be pretty funny if Dave Bautista, like, passes The Rock after The Rock's been trying to build this very, like, action hero persona for the past decade or so. If Dave Bautista just swoops in, he's just like, nah, man. If you gave me three different pictures, just random pictures, without any context of the movies that they're in, I couldn't tell you which one it is. The Rock looks the exact same in every single movie he's in. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, Dave Bautista looks hasn't, very has, different in all the movies he's been in. Hasn't he been in, like, 20 movies where he's just, like, wearing a white shirt in a jungle? Probably. I think you just saw Jumanji 20 times. <laughs> Oh, you might have fallen no. asleep in there, buddy. Oh, no. <laughs> but no, it's true, yeah. He, he does. He There's is, no hope for me. I, li- I like to call those... I'm uh, the Mary Sue. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like to call those a state of the CGI movies where it's just a movie that is made just to show you this is what technology looks like right now and it's just a big beat-em-up action movie or whatever, a big, big disaster movie or something like that. He's, he's in a lot of those. Um... And yeah, I don't. I I agree. I think Dave Batista has already shown that he has more kind of a range and a presence and. Uh, the best part is Inspector. He has almost no lines of dialogue. It's yes. All physical. Yes. And he's terrifying. Yeah. Bring him back for the next one. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't care if you bring back Christoph Waltz. I'm going on a Bond tangent here. Bring bring <laughs> back Dave Batista. Make him the main bat. I don't care. BBDB. Hashtag t- BBDB. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's great. I think his lines, just just like the jokes themselves, once you start to get to know them, they do get a little bit old, but they're still... there's a, There are definitely several moments that I completely forgot about that were, were quite funny. I, 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 just, I just don't think the meta... Like, he doesn't... Like, he takes everything literally. I think that as a gag doesn't work in the long run. Okay, I was gonna say. I mean, that is probably the thing people like most about the character in this movie. Well, I, I, ju- I wish, I wish Rocket hadn't said he takes everything literally. If it's just like that's something people just assume yeah. just based on how yeah. he acts, because then, like he says, his people they take everything literally. Like that is a characteristic of their yeah. culture. Yeah. Then every time that there's even remotely something that's like a metaphor or a symbol or something, and he doesn't like the the people like the fans will start like complaining yeah, about that I don't know there is a moment where he says oh I'm sorry I stopped paying attention yeah so excuse uh, <laughs> no prize but yeah um, I agree I, I, I just kind of wish that it was just a personal thing with him where he just no, like, just a, a funny joke with him yeah kind of yeah um, nitpick sure overall great character yeah good stuff let's handle Rocket and Groot as as one Great the, characters, good stuff. Yeah. Um, Bradley Cooper is amazing. Yes, yeah, he. It is so weird to watch Rocket and like listen to Rocket's performance, and then like realize it's it's Sean, it's Sean Gunn doing the mocap. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's interesting. And that Bradley Cooper doing the voice over. Yeah. That. And I just it's so weird. Like it's so weird to for me to mentally connect that his voice is also Bradley Cooper's voice. Like he's it's very cool, very very great, probably underrated uh, voice acting performance. Yeah, I would argue. 
Well, it, it doesn't sound exactly like him. Exactly. And that's the best part. Like, like you can tell if you know who Bradley Cooper is, you're like, okay, that's Bradley Cooper. But at the same time, it's like, oh, he's actually doing something different. It's not just him showing up, saying his lines, and calling it yeah. a day. Yeah, which I think like, a lot of people probably think of voice acting as. Yeah. Well, especially when you get these, these big-name actors, and it's like, well... If, if you don't actually have the actor's face, why couldn't you just get, uh -huh. a, like, a voice actor who does that for a living? Uh -huh. I, I know people have, have problems with that in the video game industry. Right, um, right. But here, it's very clear that he's having fun, and just whenever Rocket's happy or excited or he's laughing, I, I just, uh -huh. having a good, good old time. I would like there to be a cameo of Bradley Cooper at some point where Rocket just, like, makes fun of him for whatever reason. I, I think that would be a good moment. That has nothing to do with anything. I just thought of that while we were talking about it. Just looks at him like makes fun of his haircut. Or <laughs> yeah, something. yeah, yeah, something done. It'd be nice. Are you like that guy was in three Hangover movies? <laughs> what a jerk! That Groot's that'll be Groot's quote on the poster for the Hangover Part Three. Wow, <laughs> this guy was in three movie, three Hangover movies. What a jerk! <laughs> okay. We're getting super meta here. <laughs> Ronan. How do you feel about Ronan? I mean, we didn't even talk about Groot. How do you feel about Ronan? I talked about Groot. That's all we need. Okay, uh, okay this this came out recently, right? That that the little baby Groot at the end is act. It's not Groot. It's technically his son. Is that a thing? Yeah, James Gunn came out and said that. So it's it's not supposed to be the same character. Interesting. Which I wish somebody said that in the line of dialogue because that changes the dynamic I for me. I feel like that's never going to actually end up mattering. <laughs> No, it's it. Well, I don't know. It framing it that way makes his sacrifice at the end of the movie different. Actually, more feel more, like it matters. Yeah, yeah. In the long well, run, and I will say, I still do feel like it matters because Groot is a baby in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two for the entire movie. Yeah, and I think he's only going to still be like Teen Groot in uh, Infinity War. I think they're not going to like completely have him. I have no idea. I believe that's the idea, uh, just from what I've heard. So I, I do appreciate that there's actual consequences and like they, they yeah. stick with the character change as opposed to just oh he's back to being Groot again because we want to sell those lunch boxes I don't know <laughs> what is this the sixties uh, but yeah it's um it's neat that they actually stuck with that change and that they turned that into something very interesting and probably more popular than he already was which is fascinating because he was already I think the the standout like iconic character from this movie so yeah good stuff it's amazing that they're able to get him to say only three words four I guess, words I guess technically four sir. words but it never gets old the the moment where the that, part we've watched two movies of this and it's it still hasn't gotten old yeah, the the part where, i find that fascinating the part where chris pratt i, I keep saying chris pratt i do know the, the part where peter says uh the thing about the i am star lord come on man. sure sure the says like i forget what the, the line is but he says something about like i bet you're gonna say i am groot or something like that and then groot just like looks at him and he's like aha uh -huh. and he smiles <laughs> it's, it's the best it might be my favorite moment of the movie. it's so good and it's subtle because it's in the background too yes exactly that's what i'm saying is all of his all of his jokes. it could have easily done like a like a like a quick shot like a profile shot yeah of Groot and he just smiles and it's like no no yeah. we'll keep them back his, his expressions are incredible like just the way they've animated those they're some of the most like realized and like just uh what's the word just lovable and like yeah. uh endearing 
kind of things you can do with a CGI character. Yeah. Oh, it's really great. Ronan's a person. Yeah. Where does Ronan rank? Villain, so far. Villains-wise. Um, Justin Hammer is the best villain in the MCU so far. Discuss. Uh, well, is, is he or is it Loki, objectively speaking? What am I talking about? I, I We need to put a moratorium on, on the phrase or the word objectively. <laughs> Can people stop doing that? I keep reading article after article. I don't care what movie it is. If it's Star Wars The Last Jedi, Justice League, Thor Ragnarok, whatever... People always objectively, this is the worst movie ever made. They'll, do, they'll put, they'll say stuff like that. I'm like, that is not what that means. Objectively, this movie gave me cancer. <laughs> I went to the doctors the next day. I'm assuming it's related. Um, yeah, it's. Can we put a moratorium on that? That's all I am. I am okay with that uh, because I don't know that Loki. I think Loki is the most interesting. Yeah, that's that's probably fair. Um, and he also is... It's a bit of a cheat because he's had three movies. Yes, because again, the, the, the deal here is that we have yet to have a villain who is actually a complex character in their own right. They are they are all based on the performance that the actor playing them gives. Yeah. Like, there's we haven't had a single villain, I would argue, so far. Aside from Loki, just by virtue of him getting uh, three movies, basically. Yeah. Like... That's the only reason that we, I think, have come to grow attached to him is for repetition. Well, also one thing that's that's not working in Ronan's corner is that there's no philosophical difference between him and the Guardians. Yeah, like it, it's just like he wants to destroy Xandar or whatever. Yeah, and the Guardians just they they guard they, Xandar. They don't like death. Stop. Yeah, yeah, that's true. By um, the way, the Guardians kill a lot of people in this movie, and. I'm completely fine with it. <laughs> they are. They are a step as above. A, or he is a step above Malachi. As opposed to Suicide Squad where they don't actually kill anyone? Yes. They, they, they kill the people that are already kind of dead or whatever? <laughs> and then Enchantress and We spent enough brother? time talking about... That, that, that movie... Thinking about that movie makes me angry. I think Batman vs Superman, that wound has healed. I am like, that, that is... A, that wound will never heal for me, my Because friend. Batman for Superman, I, it's gotten to the point where I can look back on that and I can look at Justice League and think, I really wish we'd gotten the full Zack Snyder experience on Justice League. Like, I want to know what that would have been like. I mean, I still want to know what that would have been like. But just because I think that would have been... That being said, every time I think of Martha, I want to set myself on fire. <laughs> Diablo style. Um, but ju- Suicide Squad, I'm just like, that is a... The most cynical, cash-driven, just like, what did you do... Like I don't even we spent we we ripped into that. I think it might actually be worse than Matt Superman. The more I think about it, on I, I, I still I still can't go. I'm there. ripping the moratorium. I think objectively it is worse than Matt Superman. Oh my god! Do that actually, took like three minutes. <laughs> I do actually believe that. I think from a technical standpoint and a storytelling standpoint, that movie is actually worse. Um, I, I don't. I. I. I, I don't want to harp on this too much. I don't want to spend time comparing them. I don't really care to compare them. They're both very bad. But let's I, go down the checklist. Oh god, uh, that movie though, in general, just makes me upset. Let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy because that does not make me upset. Like I said, Suicide Squad only really ruins one character, and that's the Joker. Batman vs Superman ruins two characters. Three, if you count Doomsday. 
Four if you count Lex Luthor. Okay, that's fair. I was going to say, well, what about Man of Steel ruining Superman? Uh, no, okay, maybe not. <laughs> there was leeway to save the universe. There was leeway to save Superman as a character. There was, I'm not even... Continue. <laughs> I was going to make the worst pun ever. I'm not going to do it. Um, But yeah, Ronan has like no philosophical difference with the heroes. Yep. So he is just kind of good guy, bad guy. However, whatever. again, step above Malachi. Malachi Everything's a step above Malachi. Malachi is the worst thing. <laughs> Objectively <laughs> the worst villain in the history of film. I think the only villain worse than him is Enchantress. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> At least Malachi's not doing a stupid little hula girl dance. She tried to have a dance-off with them. Why couldn't Ronan? No, I want, I want somebody to do a funny edit of, of, of Chris Pratt saying it's a dance-off, and then she's dancing next to him. That's got to exist, right? Right? It's got to be somewhere. I'm, I'm going to try and look that up while we continue to discuss the villains. Um, Probably shouldn't, but whatever. It's fine. This um, is great podcast, podcasting. Um, I, w- I would say I, I personally rank Ronan probably right up with Red Skull. Um... It's kind of a weird balancing act because Red Skull gets more to do than Ronan, but I prefer Lee Pace's performance over Hugo Weaving. Yes, which is fascinating to say. Yeah, um, it's also very interesting because Hugo like, Weaving like and if, Lee if, Pace and the Lord of the, the Rings option, franchise. If you but, gave me the option, um, like which villain would you prefer to see again uh, uh, between those two? For me, it'd probably be a coin flip. Yeah, I mean, I I would prefer Ronan probably, but I also. Lee Pace is just one of those actors that I'm like, I really like that actor. Yeah. Um, like I said, we have a bias. Yes. Uh, I do, overall, I think... Can, can his... he, please... Can he be a Bond villain? Him and Dave Batista. There you go. That's great. That's, That's great. I, I can think... I make the next James Bond movie? <laughs> Probably not. I've got all the ideas. <laughs> uh, I think Lee Pace's Ronan is just more fun to watch than, than Hugo Weaving as Red Skull. I think... I don't know. Just overall... I. I found Red Skull kind of bland. I feel like Lee Pace is, is more entertaining, more enjoyable. Um, but Mickey Rourke, though. Oh, God. <laughs> what is Mickey Rourke? <laughs> I really don't know. I Whiplash is the most fascinating enigma of the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. I think you could just take out Marvel and Cinematic from that. <laughs> just like, ever. Uh, he's below Ronan. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um. Yes. He, he, that. That's Aldrich the, Killian is below Ronan. Aldrich Killian is the most boring thing. <laughs> <laughs> Objectively, the most boring okay. villain. I, 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 okay. Thematically, he has a lot more going on than Malekith, but I find him just as boring. Yes. Especially because of how they just throw Maya Hansen under the bus. Like yes. she should be the bad guy. Yes. She um, should be the antagonist of that movie. Definitely. So. That's far more interesting. Uh, who who are we missing here? Who else? Who else we got? Uh, the destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> the destroyer armor. Is the destroyer? Hold, hear me out. Hear me out. Is the destroyer a better villain than Mickey Rourke? I think we're forgetting the Ten Rings terrorists at the beginning True. of Iron Man. True. Um, Jeff Bridges. That, Jeff that, Bridges. That is... main terrorist guy who who gets killed by by Obadiah in the first Iron Man has more more presence and threatening. <laughs> nature about him than most of these villains. You're not wrong. Um, if they actually brought him back and said he was the Mandarin, so, I don't think anybody would care. So just just scroll down the list, make sure I'm not missing anybody, but I think Jeff Bridges 
Loki. We forgot Abomination. That's true. Abomination is pretty good. He just doesn't get a whole lot to do. Yeah. Um, but Tim Roth's enjoyable to watch. Yes. Um, Ronan's probably above him just because he gets more to do. Um, slightly, maybe more entertaining performance, but do like for Tim me, Roth. it's kind of like Loki. I think Loki could... by default. It's uh, Justin Hammer, and then tied for third is Red Skull and Ronan. What about Jeff Bridges? They, I, they screw up his character so badly in that third act. I don't do, know. do, but his performance is so good. Can, can I put him in in third place as well? Sure. Like Three-way tie for third place. Three-way tie for third place. And then we're just left with Malekith, the Destroyer, and <laughs> Mickey Rourke. Yeah. And also Aldrich Killian. Well, we haven't even mentioned um, Alexander Pierce. Is he also tied for third? See, that's, that's the problem, because I don't feel comfortable like ranking him in that same... Because like I said... He's not really... Him and the hero don't really have a confrontation yeah. in that movie. Yeah, it's much more about him versus Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That that's a, that's a weird enigma. Okay, but where know. does Odin rank? <laughs> He's number one. He's the real villain of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, yeah, that is just a fascinating discussion to have at this point. Just as, not not Odin, <laughs> the villains in general. Um, just because like I still want my cartoon. <laughs> Um, hey kids, meet your sister. She's a homicidal maniac. Oh man, oh, oh maybe you shouldn't meet her. She just killed everyone in the throne room. God, I hate when she does that. She does that every other Tuesday. Um, see, I was gonna name you Twos, but then I thought, oh god, that's the day Hella kills everyone. <laughs> so then I named you Thor for Thursday. You know, Thor's day. That was the worst joke I've ever told. <laughs> remember how earlier... I'm going to keep my day how, job. Remember how earlier you said that you hated me in that moment more? I'm just going to... I'm just going to... Good. Um, villains. Copy-paste. Yes. Uh, it is fascinating that this is what... We, I really did not realize the villain problem was this bad. Like, people always mention that. I was like, oh, you know, I, I don't know. I think I, there's some good performances. Enjoy them. No, no, they're bad. Can they're we real do, bad. Can we? Can we do like a fancy edit where we just replace all of these villains with just Justin Hammer? It would be better with no context as to why he's in them. <laughs> Justin Hammer would get in a dance off of someone. He'd do it. He does do a dance in Iron Man too he'd when he's be, going yeah. on stage. Yeah, he'd make it happen. Lord, what about what? A, where where does where does uh, Ben Kingsley rank? Where does Trevor Slattery rank? We're not, we're not going there. He's not a villain. Yeah, I think Justin He's Hammer. He's the hero of that piece. Because at this point, we are ranking the villains on how entertaining they are, and Justin Hammer kind of like skyrockets to the top of that list. Yeah, and Tom Hiddleston, of course, is up there as well. And it's like that's that's about it. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's fascinating. Oh, that's. Weird. I th- I think there are two last things we need to talk about. Sure. Um how visually pleasing this movie is or not and the score 7 out of 10 I probably for both this and I, 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 I think I noted this back in Iron Man 3 these movies don't look very good yeah except for Thor the Dark World for some reason I mean, Winter Soldier looks fine. That's true. Winter, it's, it's fine. It's shot well. Um, um, well, there's a lot of great shots in Winter Soldier as well. That that really and it's, but, it's Winter Soldier very much matches the same kind of look 
that the MCU is sort of seeming to tend towards, at least with the yeah. Earth-based stuff. Yeah. Um, Iron Man, yeah, we talked about how Iron Man 3, it's kind of weird brownish-orange, and this is kind of ugly. And um, this one just feels like it's it's been desaturated? Well, that's what I was going to say, is this I one don't know. feels like it's being shot in the same way that they shot Winter Soldier, that they try to shoot... Um, I say shot. I mean more lighted and, and kind of, I guess, I don't know enough about the technicals behind that. But general, just the look and the saturation feels a lot like what they're going for with you know winter soldier and civil war and age of ultron even maybe um i haven't seen that in a while so i'm not entirely sure how that looks these days but i remember it not looking the best i think that's one of my problems with age of ultron it's just it kind of looks gray yeah and that's the thing is that i think but not like man of steel gray (laughs) not quite there um i think they're kind of going for that but this is a movie with a lot of colorful designs and it should be very pop and like it should really Look and, great. and then you just compare it to the second one, and the second one's just like the most colorful thing you've ever seen in your life. Gorgeous. Yeah, I'm so excited to watch that again, just to like, yeah, feast my eyes. Like, I, there are so many moments in that movie that I think of, and I'm just like, oh, that looks amazing. Yeah. Um, this one, I'm not gonna say objectively, but the second one's better. I I really think it is. Um, just and, and, like Age of Ultron is the best Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. <laughs> We're going to watch the movie and we're going to be like, we made a huge mistake. <laughs> we're like, this movie's terrible. You know it. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I. It really is. It doesn't quite. It very much is. It, it's, it still has not really broken out of the origin story routine. It's, it's not spectacular. And we've never had an origin story that quite hits that now. However. Yes. However. Origin story introducing five characters in a team dynamic and we like them all yeah no it's 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 even Gamora as much as I complain about Zoe Saldana I don't hate the character I'm fine with it for the most part yeah no it does it does a great job and I'm not trying we are we are sitting here assuming that you all know that the movie is good and we are trying to discuss why it is or isn't great I think is what we're sitting at right here remember in Suicide Squad <laughs> when when uh <laughs> they were in the plane and and or is it helicopter who cares and Katana jumps into the thing and uh, Joel Kinnaman just gives her entire backstory in, in like one line and it's embarrassing. <laughs> Remember when Slipknot this dies? This is Katana. She's got my back. God, that movie is so... We're not gonna... We're just... We're gonna keep moving. We're gonna keep moving. You see, I was, I was we, good enough. We gotta do a bonus episode where we do like a commentary track for that, oh, just so, God. just so people can listen to you lose your mind. Uh, I haven't thought about that movie in a long time, and this movie made me thought about, th- thought about it, think about it, and it's bad. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. Like, anyway. Like we we've been we we keep, that's a killer app. We we keep we keep harping on like the DCU and the Batman Superman and the Justice League hold side, on, the Snyder on, hold side hold of on. things. Suicide Squad has won an Oscar. That's a travesty. <laughs> <laughs> we keep, subtle. We keep harping on the Snyder things, um, and everything, and like like we we like to bring that up a lot because those just, are just because it's amusing for because like. Like like every single thing that these movies get right, just like well checkbox. It you just compared to the DCU movies with every single thing they miss. My quote on the poster for Man of Steel, Batman Superman, and maybe Justice League 
would not be try harder. That would not be what I want. Them, I would not want them to try harder. I would want no, no, them to do. You, no, no. You put the po- you you put try harder on the Man of Steel poster. You get Batman versus Superman. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I don't. That's not my problem with those. They are trying. They are making legitimate decisions that may or may not be successful in telling stories. Zack Snyder has a vision. Yes. At least for exactly. the first two. Exactly. Um, Suicide Squad, I would say, it wouldn't be try harder, it would just be stop. It would just be don't. Just, no. It's like it's like the little kid who's embarrassing themselves, they're trying to like act cool in front of all the older kids, and you just want to pat them on the head and say, just, just stop. Yeah. I just... But but it's like this the idea of a Suicide Squad. But it's like you, you wouldn't give him a piece of candy to get him to shut up. You just like slap him. <laughs> <laughs> That's Suicide Squad for you. <laughs> that Suicide Squad commentary is sounding both better and worse with every passing second. We could get Britain. I kind of really we want. Get I to kind join of us. really want to do that. We might. We'll, we'll have to. We got to do the extended cut so we can hear the Joker go. I'm an idea. <laughs> what were we talking about before that? Uh, we were talking about how visually unappealing yes. this movie was. Yes. Um, it's not bad. It, again, it's it's fine. It, it, it just feels super. It's flat. not. It's not as bad as Iron Man it, Three. It, does, by any it doesn't feel like super vibrant or anything. It just feels kind of flat. It is. Which is weird because it's like a sci-fi fantasy How space you, opera weird weird question this might be too complicated to answer uh just off the top of our heads how would you rank the visuals of all the mc movies so far i'm an idea that's my answer Good how night, would you everybody rank the visuals of all the mcu movies so far i feel like throw the dark world's the best <laughs> yeah uh i feel like avengers just because of all the third act sequences kind of gets up there by default I would say the um, first Iron Man's up there. The first Iron Man's definitely up there. That movie has a very strong sense of style, and it looks great. Um, I just kind of forget the rest, if I'm yeah, being perfectly honest. They all just... Bleh. I don't even want to say anything about The Incredible Hulk, because those CGI effects, just <laughs> they just fall apart, man. They just ran yeah. out of money. Um, Iron Man 2 doesn't really do anything. Thor doesn't really do anything. Um, Captain America just looks wrong. Yeah. Because um, the World War Two and the, the sci-fi we stuff. We already said just... Iron Man 3 might even be lower than any of... Maybe not lower than any of those, but it's, it's at the bottom. Um, Thor the Dark World is amazing for some reason in one and one aspect only. Um, yeah. Winter Soldier is pretty good. Winter Soldier... It's, just, it's fun. just because it looks... It, it, I, the shot and the general... Well, also, I, th- I think the the story that is built around it does not call for a super yes. vibrant. vibrant, like, visual palette. It kind of calls for a, a dreary yeah. uh, a visual palette, which is why it's so great when he brings out the suit at the end, and it's like, oh, it's, it's colorful, it pops, we care, emotion. You remember in Batman vs. Superman? <laughs> when, you look, when, when every scene that Superman's in, you look at it and go, is that supposed to be blue? I can't tell. It looks just gray. With a tinge of orange. I think that's the color of despair. That makes a lot of sense with those movies, if you think about it. Thematically speaking. Sure, sure. Cause you know, my world, cause it you, does not mean hope. Because, you know, those movies, it's not about story or character. It's about themes and ideas. They're just too smart for us. You know what I'm saying? Yes. 
That's a killer half. <laughs> Let's talk about the score and then we'll wrap it up. All right. Um, I really like the theme. Uh, we should, we've probably get into the mixtapes themselves. Um, I think overall the scores are getting, with the exception probably, it's it, it's it's the lack of of continuity with the scores. Well, I was gonna say with the exception of although. The Guardians music does carry over, yes. which is very nice, and it makes some very effective scenes in the second one yeah. when they actually bring back the Guardians yeah. theme. Uh, which again, I think that's a a thing of, and I think that we we keep talking about how they don't have consistency in the scores. I feel like a lot of that is probably directors being like, "Oh, we don't really want to use these." I mean, you yeah. mentioned that with the Russo brothers. I think that's probably a lot of things. Is like, oh no, we kind of want our own style. We want our own movie to. I mean, we've had we've now had a director change in the Iron Man trilogy, the Thor movies, two, yeah. two Thor movies, um, the Captain America movies. Uh, is that everything? So I mean, we yeah, that's it. yeah, but we had a director change in all three of those. Yeah, uh, we haven't had a consistent vision across all of them, and I think you, I think with Guardians of the Galaxy, we see that vision mature a little more. Now that we have someone who, and same with Civil War, once once you leave someone there for two movies, I mean the only exception here is Iron Man two, with John Favreau, but like, I don't know, anomalies. It was Phase one, whatever. Um, overall, though, I think that is an, a big aspect of that is just that you have directors who want to do their own thing and and kind of don't bring it through. Um, I do think overall the g g general quality of these scores is getting better. Because, like, I feel like Alan Silvestri's First Avenger and Avenger scores are both very good. He did First Avenger, right? Yeah. I'm not making that up. Um, they're both pretty good. The uh, first Thor score is pretty good, but... I'm I not, not going to say any of the scores are bad. Yeah. It's just they no, need no, to... No, no, for me, it's, like, it, it, if you gave me the Thor of the Dark World music for in the first Thor movie, like, if you switched it yeah. around... Maybe I'd feel completely different about it just because of the quality of those two. Maybe I'd be saying that score's excellent, even though it's not the one. Yeah. Like if, yeah. You know. And that's what I'm thinking is I almost feel just, like just use them again. Yeah. I almost feel like these scores from Phase Two have been generally better than the scores we got in Phase One. It's just we don't realize it because we only hear them once and then we move on with our lives and they don't show up. They aren't used enough in the movies themselves. You know, half the reason the original Superman movie is so good is that score. Yeah. Not to say, like, that movie's bad. Like, that movie's awesome for, to me. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's one of the best superhero movies ever made. But that's that score makes it. And every time they bring it back, even in the crappy ones, it makes up for it just a little bit. <laughs> even Superman Returns, where I'm like, this doesn't really feel like Superman all that much. He's kind of angsty and mopey. Oh, God, is Zack Snyder directing? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah, a Superman. Yeah. That movie's Star Wars. All, that movie's also washed out and flat. That's well, weird. Think, think of the most iconic film scores. Nobody don't, don't no. waste your time on watching Superman Returns. It's but think of they try. Think of the most iconic that's, film that's, scores. That's that's a movie where I put try harder on the poster. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, Superman score five movies that I got used in. Yeah, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, uh, the oh, what was I going to say Star Wars? So many movies. <laughs> all the movies. Uh, yes. Um, Harry Potter. Well, Harry Potter's a bit different. I know. I know. Towards the end, they kind of change it up. Well, it's but, it's really after like the first two. Is it really? Like Did I know John Williams is stays on for the third one, but the score feels completely different. Well, I'm. I guess I'm talking more about the theme than not so much the score. The, the theme, everybody uses it, 
it's just the kind of the degree to which they use it sure. and everybody kind of finagles it into their own but it's still version. I think it's still kind of the same general idea yeah. and that's their problem I mean Lord of the Rings three movies and of course that is a different level that is probably the greatest film score ever composed I, that's that's a very sweeping statement that I've just chucked out there but I know we've had this this debate as to what's the best cinematic achievement the MCU or yes I'm gonna say Lord of the Rings that's yeah. that's especially after going through these i think that it's hard to say otherwise well, but between that and recently i've been watching I, i've been re-watching a lot of the making of documentaries for lord of the rings it's lord of the rings that's that yes. is the greatest uh, cinematic which is achievement. not at all a slight on the mcu it is entire i mean it is but it's like lord of the rings holy crap <laughs> it's like platinum versus gold yes like gold's um, really good but it is but platinum, platinum come um, on yeah yeah, especially after going through these and just seeing how many of the... Amazon needs to not do that Lord of the Rings, whatever they're doing. Aren't yeah. they doing like a miniseries or something? Stop. Is that a thing? I don't even I, know. I believe so. I didn't, I, I, that kind of just phased through my head until I was like, wait a minute, what are you saying? I don't care. That sounds terrible. Um, oh, whatever, I've got my movies. I can ignore the Hobbit movies until we inevitably have to review all of them for this podcast. Uh-huh. I'll enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is interesting just to stop and look back because from here on out we're going to be in pretty good standings from all movies I know you we remember said the theme week. for Free Willy <laughs> <laughs> well yes that, that probably carries over to the rest of them I guess the, the, the caveat there is that the movies have to be popular Jurassic Park are you downplaying the popularity of Free Willy yes I am there's a trilogy sir I think there's actually a fourth movie too I'm sure there is we could review them. <laughs> Jaws. Although Jaws is completely different because that was kind of like the first blockbuster and that's a very, very iconic film score just when you I hear feel it. like you're trying but to push away my idea to review the, I the Free Willy franchise. I am trying to push away your idea to review the Free Willy franchise. I don't get why. So anyway, uh, it is kind of kind of strange to look back. Leave a comment if you would like us to review the Free Willy franchise. I will comment back and say no. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, uh, the Free Willy franchise is actually, they're my favorite movies. I grew up with them when I were kids. They, they, re- they mean a lot to me. They got me through some really hard times. No. <laughs> oh. To be honest, I haven't even seen the sequels. I only know the first one. <laughs> God. You want us to just... No, 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 we're not doing it. Are you honestly telling me you would rather do a Suicide Squad commentary over watching Free Willy 2? I'm not worried about Free Willy 2. I'm worried about watching Free Willy 1, 2, 3, and 4, probably. There's got to be at least, like, six floating around there in some form or fashion. If they go straight to DVD, which I don't know if they do, I, I believe at least the first three were theatrical releases. We we could be done at three. That's true. That's true. And each... I think each one's, like, an hour and a half. I don't know. Anyway. Those movies have good music. It is really interesting. That's, that's what I was trying to get at originally. Sure. It's gorgeous. Sure. I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> Here's the Wikipedia. <laughs> so we've got the first three movies. Hold on, hold on. He actually bothered to look up the Free Willy <laughs> yes. movies. So the, first the man who keeps saying we will not be doing Free Willy actually is, bothered to look it up. This is, this is a step forward, folks. This, this is this is what's called making progress. This is, this is great. The first three movies, they're released in theaters. They're all from the 90s. Good stuff. You know, sure, sure. Um, 
We so so three movies. I can live with that. Well, that might be that might be on the radar at some point. We'll see. You haven't even seen the other two though, which concerns me greatly about <laughs> what it would do to us. However, are you saying they could ruin the first one for me? Possibly. <laughs> uh, however, he, let me read you this sentence. <laughs> oh, don't. <laughs> the fourth installment. Let me let me set the stage here. Uh, 1993, 1995, 1997. Those are the first three movies. They are Free Willy, Free Willy 2, The Adventure Home, and Free Willy 3, The Rescue. The, the fourth one's going to be from like 2010, isn't it? The fourth installment, <laughs> Free Willy, Escape from Pirate's Cove. Oh, God. <laughs> released March 2010. <laughs> God! <laughs> was directed by Will Geiger and distributed by Warner Premiere. It was a reboot of the original series, and it is in no way connected to the previous films, and the only film to be direct to video. <laughs> they rebooted Free Willy, <laughs> and they made it direct to video? I like to think that everybody making that movie thought they were going to get a theatrical release as they were making it. They thought, they thought Free Willy 4... Return to Pirates Cove? No, it was just Free Willy, because it's not for. It's a reboot, Right, right. Excuse me. (laughs) Excuse me for getting the title wrong to the fourth movie in the Free Willy (laughs) franchise. (laughs) So yeah, point being, we could review the first three movies. That's that's all I'm trying to lay out there. That's fair. Uh, Not... He said it. We're locking it in. All right. After the MCU... We're stopping right here with the MCU. We're going right into Free Willy. (laughs) No, no, no. No, no, no. Uh, uh, we, we, got, we got to do The Last Jedi first, then we'll get into Free Willy. <laughs> It'll be an excellent four-parter. So, anyway. Controversy abounds. People are split and divided on the Free Willy trilogy, sir. We've got to cover it. The people demand it. I, getting back to the MCU. <laughs> it is really interesting to see... Um, the like kind of looking at the the gears and mechanisms of how this thing works and being like oh there really isn't a whole lot of like magic to this necessarily it really is just kind of sitting down getting the work done and putting in a commitment to getting the characters right and getting competent things across the board c's get degrees (laughs) it really is like you're not wrong (laughs) that's that's what they built this franchise on and it's really interesting to watch um they get they get they knock it out of the park when they need to like at the exact moments that they really need to um and it it just works like they they get it together it's not nearly as kind of like it is very impressive relative to what other studios do and that's not just trying to throw another shade thing at dc uh that's also i'll do it if you want sure if you whatever that's also talking about suck sure (laughs) that's also talking about fox though that's talking about with both x-men and fantastic four i guess um that's hold on, t- hold on, hold on. Throw shade at them too. You suck. That's talking about Sony with Spider-Man. That's talking about all the different random ninety, late nineties, early two thousands superhero movies that just. Kind if of Kevin Feige's not making your making your movie for you, you suck. But but it really is like Venom's going to be the best movie this year. Now that I've said that, right? probably probably. Um, it, no, it's fascinating to see that this was not built on like oh they're so much better than everyone else it's just that they understand how to make stories and movies and therefore they put out stories and movies that people like to watch yeah. without necessarily being all that great 
and and then slowly over time they've built this kind of juggernaut that they've been able to turn into something a little better um it really yeah because there was a time definitely for sure when i debated whether i've we like we've talked about whether the mcu in lord of the rings is more of an impressive kind of like thing that a studio has done in film yeah and i definitely think it is lord of the rings but at the same time it's also fascinating with the mcu just that like no one else has been able to achieve this level of consistency yeah it's just not quite as impressive as i thought it was now that we've kind of gone through just about the first two phases correct that was objectively correct thank you we didn't for even... pointing out that i was objectively correct <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> we didn't even talk about the mixtapes at all um everybody loves them we love them yeah that, that's that's all that needs to be said right yeah yeah yeah, I guess, and, and that's interesting too. Is that this score is well? The best part is with, with with there's a story reason for it being there. Yes, and I don't want. I, I, I'm going to keep throwing shade at Suicide Squad. Literally within the. First I wonder time, where this is going, they kids. Just, they just keep throwing in random songs, and there's no story purpose to it other yeah. than like telling the dumb masses what the scene's about. Yeah. Oh. Will Will Smith's bald and he's an African American. Let's play black skinhead. Like it's the most obvious pandering nonsense. Whereas this, it's like, oh, it's it's a specific collection of songs and the premises. These are songs that his mother loved and he and she compiled them into a tape for him. Yeah, and, and sometimes they are actually playing like over the radio as yeah. opposed to like. And it's the emotional through line of the movie. That's how that's how you do it. Uh, Which is if you're gonna have like actual lyrical based songs, I prefer it when you have a story reason. Uh, like I'm, I'm sure there there's there's movies that that don't follow that pattern that I that I enjoy. Uh-huh. But I th- I think I would prefer that. Yeah. Um, Just because that like you're putting more thought into it. Yeah. It's interesting that this movie. I think I I found myself noticing and enjoying the score more in this movie that is so dominated by great a great great soundtrack probably one of the best film soundtracks of all time um and yet it also gets a great score i would not maybe not great but a a very good score a very solid score that that works very well for the movie's benefit yeah um and yeah i don't know something something interesting that this movie gets the best of both of those while the other mc movies maybe don't necessarily all in all benicio del toro is a weirdo what's your grade for guardians of the galaxy tyler I don't actually know if he's a weirdo in real life. I just know he loves playing weird characters. Sure. I'm going to be... I should show you License to Kill, the you James... You just ran over my I, grade. I'll, I'll write down. He'd be like, B, B. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm repeating it for you. You're welcome. <laughs> I should show you License to Kill, the, the James Bond movie that he's in. He's the henchman in a James Bond movie. Oh, that sounds amazing. And he's he's weird. That sounds... Like, he's, he's weird. That sounds great. Yeah. I probably hate the movie, but like that sounds great. I don't know. It's License to Look, Kill's kind of controversial among the fan base, so there's a good chance you might like it. Because oh. you don't like James Bond movies, apparently. I like. Other, I was gonna say than, I like good James Bond. Other movies. than Casino Royale and Skyfall, you did not like a single Bond film I showed you. I did quite like Spectre when I first walked out of it. Yes, but then I, I liked it too. So things changed, but you know what I didn't like. Quantum Solace. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. No, it list is... off for the the good people listening. What what classic Bond films I showed you and how much you hated them. 
You I was about to say. No, I was about to say the other day I was looking around. Or like I was just on the B minus on the Twitter. Is that your grade? <laughs> yes. I was B on, minus. I was on Twitter, um, or something or somewhere, and I saw a list of like all the the best James Bond films, and I'm going through and I'm like, all right, maybe Casino Royale would be on top. Like I feel like that's clearly the winner. I mean, objectively speaking, that's <laughs> clearly the winner. But I mean, I get that you know whatever. Uh, and I was going through and it was two, and then Goldfinger was one, and I was like. It's it's not. I had to, when was that movie released? Sixty four. I think that's long enough for me to be able to say it's it's no longer a good movie. <laughs> I think I can say that at the time it was. I'm sure it was groundbreaking and there was a lot going on and I know a lot of people have nostalgia for it. I just uh, somebody once told uh, me somebody once told me, and this was in, within the same conversation. He said to me, Goldfinger is an American classic. Sure. And then he went on to say, Skyfall was fun, but it was very dumb. <laughs> I've heard that story before, and it still makes me laugh. Are you kidding me? I like both movies, but to say that Skyfall is... D- what are we talking about? <laughs> I Are you sure you're not talking about Spectre? I am very confused by the James Bond franchise. It's an enigma. It's the most fascinating thing. No, no two fans will have the same rankings for those movies. It's it's the most bizarre thing. And I know there's enough movies that that that's realistic. Yeah, but like, but, but still, like literally, no two fans. Yeah. Like the the variation in preferences for the James Bond franchise, just because like it's all over the place. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. We should do all of them. No. Hold on, hold on. We are doing the whole MCU. That's close to the amount of movies that, that James Bond has. I would not nearly enjoy that as much. I don't I think would. you would enjoy that as much. Yeah, I would. Yeah. You just did that to yourself a few weeks like, Not weeks, a few. Well, it was like a year ago. Yeah, yeah, a while ago. Like a year ago, I went through and, and over the course of like a month, I watched a James Bond movie nearly every day. Yeah. It was an interesting uh, experience. Most of them are not good. <laughs> but but the, there's a difference between good and entertaining, and I think that's the thing okay. a lot of people attach themselves to, especially with like the Roger Moore era Bond movies. I know we're getting completely off track, which is probably in the episode. Um, but I just want to die. But like a lot of people judge James Bond movies on entertainment value more so than are they they good. Interesting. In Moonraker, he goes to space and there's laser guns. It's the dumbest thing ever. Although, in You Only Live Twice, they try to make, like, six foot two Sean Connery into a, a Japanese man with with terrible makeup. And he tries to hunch. And it's like, you're just a tall Scotsman. <laughs> what are you doing? It's the most embarrassing thing. So James Guardians. Bond is weird. <laughs> So, Guardians of the Galaxy. B minus. B. Um, and it makes me feel even worse about my Wonder Woman grade because I want it to be lower. <laughs> you have a problem. I do. I wish Wonder I could, Woman. I, w- I wish. Is objectively the greatest movie of all time. I wish I could. Lo- <laughs> I wish I could love Wonder Woman as much as you do. I mean, that, 
And I love parts of Wonder Woman. When, remind me again what I gave it. B plus, right? Yeah, B plus. I don't feel comfortable with my... See, that's my thing is that I think kind of the same way that I was talking about. Originally, you when you laid out your grading scale, you mentioned that it was like generally sort of you would would it land in kind of one grading area and then you'd, you'd kind of tick up or tick down depending on kind of how you felt about it. Yeah, I don't think that's true anymore. I think that's starting to become more true for me. I think for because me, I'm often caught between like the upper letter grade minus and the lower letter grade plus. Yeah, like I that's see that a, a lot. That's you, you often that where lot. I'm at. Yeah. Um, the with this, I think it's starting to get more for me where I'm like a movie lands in a certain grade, and then I start to feel like with this, it's a good movie. I really enjoy it. I just don't really feel that strongly about it enough to be like, oh yeah, let's put it up there with the B plus. I mean, like I'm thinking with Iron Man and Wonder Woman and. There's a huge... I was thinking about this the other day. There are a huge list of movies that I think are fairly deeply flawed, but uh, have some really, really great qualities to them, like Iron Man, Wonder Woman. Um, there are a couple of others we were talking about recently uh, that I cannot remember. I think I think I gave Spider-Man 2 a B-plus as well. I could be wrong about that. Might have just been a B. Um, but a lot of these movies that I think have extremely strong kind of you know emotional cores and i think there's there's a lot of great just to be okay interesting there's something else i was thinking then. so you're saying that spider-man 2 is just as good as guardians of the galaxy is that what you're trying to tell me i'm okay with that considering i gave it a b minus as well so i'm, I'm saying <laughs> that's odd actually that makes a lot of sense to me i i'm okay with there were some other movies I was thinking of that I gave B pluses. I gave that, the Amazing Spider-Man a B plus. Nobody should take my word for anything anymore. <laughs> Why did you do this? <laughs> I gave. What did I give that? I gave that a B. Or a you, B. Gave, you gave it a B. Why did I do that? No, that's probably fine. You did. You gave that the same grade as Spider-Man Two. Yeah. You gave it a lower grade. I know. I just find it funny. I don't know. No, I remember thinking that at the time. I was like, I can, I can, I can, I can argue that. I can't argue that. That's not, that's not true at all. I can argue it's better than Spider-Man 2. I don't think I can. I can. I think I would disagree with your arguments. I, 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 th I think a lot. I don't know, I probably. Spider-Man 2's heart is in the right place. I just find too many narrative flaws. Like, there's, there's too many just world-breaking logic choices in that movie with, with pretty much every element. You're not wrong. I think I'm also kind of conflating Amazing Spider-Man with Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yes. I think I have a hard time. You're having a Batman two. Forever, Batman and Robin Yeah, a little, bit, a little bit, where it's hard for me to pull that apart, even though Amazing Spider-Man does have a pretty good emotional core as well. Um, I'm glad I didn't give either a B plus. I think it's fine that I just let them fight it out. <laughs> uh, and we'll leave it at that. But Well, they're round in the dirt with me. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, next week we're doing uh, Age of Ultron. Don't watch, <laughs> or do, or do whatever you want. So you can find we, us. We, we like that movie. Just, just, just warning you, <laughs> in case that triggers you, in case you find liking things offensive. It, if you're an SJW, you hate that movie, and if you're a sexist, you hate that movie. That's correct. <laughs> Which is why we love it because we are both SJWs and sexists. No. <laughs> what are we talking about again? Oh, we're gonna have to talk like 
political stuff when we get to Last Jedi, aren't we? I don't know. Like, if you think the Age of Ultron talk with, with Black Widow is going to be bad, wait till we get to Last Jedi. Oh, Lord. I don't want it. Neither do I, really. I've been so fascinated about talking about Last Jedi that that's one thing I don't want to talk about. You were so preoccupied with whether or not you could. You didn't stop thinking you should. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Um, we talked way too long about not Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> it happens. Um, you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us through Gmail at herecomethesequels. Email. Through herecomethesequels at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at sequels. And you can find us on iTunes and YouTube by searching Here Come the Sequels. Yep. So, on my fun fun little story here, on my older computer, where I, I pretty much only do video editing, uh-huh. that, that computer's just slowly deteriorated. Like, the memory on that is just the worst. Yeah. For some reason, it's not even working with... Uh, Movie Maker is what I use to make the videos, just because it's really simple. I slap on yep. an image, yep. the logo and the audio, it's fine. Now it won't even accept the images? And it's Movie Maker. <laughs> Can we just start uploading that with just the title of the movie on the default white on blue Movie yeah. Maker font? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> just... I hurt myself today. Alien versus Predator. Requiem. No. God. Never again. My point is, I've been trying to find alternate solutions on for, for different... Um, uh, apps that I can use to uh-huh. to edit my videos, which is why there's been a, a break at this point. I've I've been trying to uh, I finished putting up the Matrix movies. I've been trying <laughs> to make Jupiter Ascending. Maybe it's a sign. <laughs> maybe it's a sign. Maybe from if God. you try to upload another image for a movie we did after Jupiter Ascending, it'll work fine, and you'll just be like, oh, okay. See, I tested it. Ironically, it was one of the is Star it, Wars prequels. Have we <laughs> have we just discovered uh, the lost episode? <laughs> will be lost to the sands of time. Hey guys, guess what? It sucks. <laughs> Don't watch it. That was kind of. That wasn't fun. Was it? it was... No, it was not. We I got, know you didn't have. Fun. We, we got, I kind of had. We fun. got Britain's little blurb at the end. Right. That was that, that, was, that was the only. That's what I was thinking. That experience. was fun. I think he gave us two blurbs actually, if I remember. That sounds. He right. gave us like a joking blurb and then like an actual serious one. Did he? I don't think he did for that one. I think it was just... Anyway, I don't remember. Alright, everybody. Art is subjective. Nothing is real.